content warning, the following episode mentions eating disorders and child abuse. Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mayor. I'm the host. Each week I talk about a sad topic or story and then I try to laugh about it, trying to make hair grow out of my butthole or your butthole if you cry and laugh at the same time. And I am recording this episode again. I just recorded it, but I had to do it again and I never do that, but I'm going to explain to you why. The topic this week is, I'm going to call it my journey to uh, uh, about how I feel about my body from a very negative place to a very positive place. And as you can imagine, it's a very difficult topic for me to discuss. It's one of my main traumas. And the reason why I had to re-record is because when I talk about things that are really difficult for me, something my brain does this like self-protection defense thing where it gets really foggy and I get very incoherent. And so I just recorded what I thought was <laughs> the episode and it's just me being like, um, ah, and then I like stop breathing a bunch of times and you can audibly hear me not breathing on the recording. So I'm going to take everything I just said and try to power through really quickly so it's way more coherent because I do think that this is a very important episode for people to hear you know up top I put a trigger warning because this is very triggering I personally know from having gone through eating disorders and having had a childhood of being bullied and stuff like that about my weight but let me just tell you now I'm glad that you know if you're listening and you're still unsure if you want to listen to this or not, it is maybe going to be triggering, but I'm going to talk mostly about my emotions. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, the healing that I've, I've gone through in my perception of my weight and, you know, the healing that I've gone through in terms of my eating disorders, that's all been done because of therapy like my emotional mental therapy um th what's that called uh recovery is that the way? I don't know do you know what I mean it's it's um which is very different like the recovery that I've experienced in this harmful way of thinking has been done by tapping into the deep emotional issues at the core of these issues and it was not done through diet and exercise like I thought like I thought would resolve all my problems, right? Which is at the core, the biggest issue about, I think, um, treating eating disorders because so many people think it's like, well, if, you know, once I'm skinny, I'm going to stop being like this, but it has nothing to do with your actual weight, right? Anyway, um, so the reason, why, what I'm trying to explain is that it in this episode, even though it's about weight and eating disorders, there's not going to be that much about the actual mechanics of eating disorders. And so probably less triggering than just like a textbook, health textbook definition story about the eat, like what an eating disorder looks like. It's going to be more, more about my emotions and how they came about, right? How these issues came about. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to like, it's like such a fine line. I'm trying to teeter here because I feel like hearing this would be very helpful for a lot of people that are going through similar issues because it's so rare to really, I don't consider myself healed from them because I think it's almost impossible, you know, from my understanding to be healed of this kind of mental illness but I, I can see and recognize that I have made a lot more progress than other people that have suffered from s similar situations. And so I think it would be helpful for people to hear how that happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm teetering this fine line of trying to, like, make sure that if, if, it, if this is going to be triggering for you, you, you don't, you know, 
hear it and and it causes harm. But if it's going to be helpful, then I, I really want people, you know, to hear it. So I guess the only judge of whether or not you will be able to listen to this is yourself. So, um, you know, do, you got to make the call. But I won't, there won't be anything graphic and on purpose. I'm not going to mention any numbers, you know, because like weight numbers, like I'm not going to mention the weight that I was or anything like that, because I I know that that specifically is triggering. And I'm going to try to use language that is very vague, as vague as possible. Anyway, so now that all that has been said, my issues, um, my eating disorder past, I've been very open about it. The eating disorders I've had as a teenager, but I rarely talk about how that started. And it started when I was a child, as everything starts. And, you know, it took me years to understand the core of my actual problem. So I'm going to just give you a real quick, like, real quick, just like, uh, what's that like, what's it called? Cliff notes of the entire story. Um, also, I'm going to I'm going to try to power through, like I said, because if I don't, my brain's going to start like closing in on itself and I'm not going to be able to like formulate sentences. So I'm just going to try to like power through and try to say everything that I want to say. And so if this ends up being a short episode, I'm sorry, but I got to like, I got to do it before the emotions kick in. Um, So how my whole relationship to uh, negative thoughts about my body and food started when I was a kid. I didn't realize this until much later, but I was um, going through negligent abuse from my parents, which I know sounds very intense. But the reason why I want to make note of calling it that is that's what it was. (laughs) So I got to call a spade a spade. But also, um, it's so extremely common. And I think the the interesting thing about negligent abuse is that it's number one, like symptom is that the people who experienced it, um, want to pretend or think that they didn't experience anything, that they're not victims, that they are strong and independent and they always took care of themselves and they need, they never needed any help and they were never weak, even when they were kids, because that is the, thing that we were taught when we were going through the negligent abuse, right? Like the truth is, I'm sure, you know, Gen X is famous for being like the latchkey generation, but Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, a lot of us, I would even say probably most of us are experiencing and have experienced negligent abuse as children. But the hallmark of that kind of abuse is that we were taught to pretend that we're always okay and that we're strong because that's the way that that made that abuse possible right because like when I was a six-year-old kid there I shouldn't have been home alone but my parents were like you're strong you got this you don't need mommy and daddy and I had to buy into that for that abuse to be possible because if I acted like a like a natural six-year-old would act at the act of being left alone I would cry and be scared and you know I don't know cry shitting farting throwing up do you know what I mean like and so part of what I picked up from like negligent abuse is that I'm always okay and I'm always strong and I'm I was never a victim you know like that sort of ideology and 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 I think that's why it's so important for me to like, if I see other people who have experienced it, be like, sweetie, let me tell you something. You were not okay. I was not okay. I was crying, farting, shitting, throwing up on the inside. I just didn't show it. And all of that led to um, my body image issues. I know that sounds weird right now, but I'm going to explain it really quick. 
So what ended up happening, I was alone at home all the time. I was left on my own to take care of myself. And, you know, children are not able to regulate their body. They don't, you know, obviously I didn't, I wasn't allowed to use the stove. I couldn't cook myself healthy meals. I didn't even know what that meant. I just, you know, was left home alone with a bunch of like packaged foods and things that I could make for myself. And, you know, what we called back in the day, junk food. There was just like, uh, what was that word for it? It's like pre-packaged food. I know there's like a term for it, but I forgot. So it was just like, you know, stuff like that. And um, so, of course, I was making poor choices on food to eat. But another factor was because I was being basically neglected, I wasn't finding the security and the comfort that I needed naturally from a parent that should have always been around. And so I sought that comfort in food. And so I would eat food to like soothe myself. Um, and also the food that was available to me that a child can make for themselves was, you know, I, 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 hard to use this language, but unhealthy, right? Um, and so those are the factors that led to me being overweight as a child. And, you know, if we're just looking at it concisely, like... Basically, I was being neglected. I had no parent telling me or making food for me that was like nourishing. Also, I had no parent telling me how to do that. And I was too young to do it on my own. And then I was also lacking this feeling of security. And those are the factors. And so then I would, I was making poor choices. <laughs> that sounds so funny. As a small child with my food and also like binging because I was like trying to look for comfort. Okay, so th that's just like the recap of my childhood. Um, and then there was another layer of abuse because my both my parents suffer from, I mean, they haven't been diagnosed, but just looking back as an adult, I can tell that they both have some, some <laughs> sprinkling of an eating disorder, both of them. They have unhealthy ways that they think about food and dieting, and they're both very thin. So when they would come home, sorry, I'm burping, they would see that I was overweight and it would make them emotionally very volatile because there was, they were like projecting their own feelings of control that they have with food onto my body, which, you know, they thought was a projection of themselves. It was kind of like, you know, they could control their weight with their disordered eating, but I existed outside of that. But they were like, oh, this child is now stoking these like deep feelings of like humiliation or something that they have within themselves. And so when they would come home, they'd be enraged that I was overweight and they would verbally, they would be verbally and physically abusive around my weight, right? And as a small kid, I internalized their anger. You know, there's a big part of me that was like, oh, it's, it's weird that my parents aren't home. Like, somehow, obviously, deep down inside, I knew that, you know, and when you're a kid and you're alone, you're terrified all the time. And so I had this like, low-grade terror anxiety going on in my body all the time and then I, I like knew in the back of my head that something was off and then my parents would come home and they'd get really mad at me because I was fat and so what ended up happening was I internalized that as the reason why my parents don't come home is because I'm fat and that was like a deep deeply held belief with me until well into like literally my 30s. Like I thought there was inherently something wrong with me. And that's why these things were happening to me. And if I just changed that myself, everything would become better. And for me, that expressed itself in my weight. If I had just become skinny, everything would be better. My parents would come home. People would like me. You know, I wouldn't be terrified all the time. And that's like really sad because, you know, if you look at it straightforward, what happened was my parents fucked up by not being there. 
And then as a result of them fucking up, I gained a bunch of weight because they weren't there. And then and then they like got mad at me for it. And then I thought that everything was my fault, you know. Um, but also the the everything is my fault thing is uh, something that I still carry with myself to this day. Um, but that part is also recently something I realized was that that part is really uh, manipulative in a certain way, or it's it's come out in a manipulative way for me as an adult because, you know, when I was a little kid, the reason why I thought, oh, if everything's my fault and if I just lose weight, my parents will be good parents and everything will be great is because my I was too terrified to confront the truth, which is that I have no control over my parents being doing these shitty things. And I don't know if they're going to come home or not because it has nothing to do with whatever I did. Even if I was the perfect kid, they were they were being negligent. But as a kid, it was like too scary for me to think that. It was way easier for me to think, I fucked up. Let me fix this. I'll lose weight. And then my parents will be nice to me. And so... Um, the continuation of this idea for the rest of my life that I'm working on that I'm a fuck up and <laughs> if I just fix my issues everything will be okay is like this weird way that I'm just trying to control everything you know um, and that kept coming up over and over again in the history of my eating disorder you know like um, you know just a uh, spoiler alert the eating disorder part's going to come soon but throughout my life and having an eating disorder every time shit hit the fan my brain would do this weird thing like what if i just lost 20 pounds then everything would be okay it's and uh it literally took me so long to realize that like it, i was soothing myself almost because big problem like let's say i have like some financial problem i can't pay the rent this month it's hard to be like what the fuck am i gonna do am i gonna get evicted but it's easy to be like maybe i'll just not eat carbs this week and that's like uh everything in my brain sort of focusing on that as the as the actual issue which it wasn't the issue right i always thought that was interesting also it's like you remember like in Arrested Development when Lucille Bluth is like, how about the, a, a diet always works well? I was like, you know what word that it does? <laughs> it does keep your mind off things. Anyway. Okay. So that was my childhood. That's the, that's like the foundation of my relationship to my body. Right. And it is, it's heartbreaking because um, it, it wasn't my fault. It was a fault of my parents. And I, and I see that now. And the story that I told you about my understanding of my childhood, it took me so long to learn that. And I'm so happy that I did because ultimately it's what led me to quote unquote recover from the very dark uh, depths of having an eating disorder to where I'm at now, which is uh, manageable. It's, a, it's manageable, right? <laughs> Not cured, I would say. I'm managing it. Um, so then when I... Move, okay, so then the next chapter is being a teenager when I, you know, developed a bunch of eating disorders, a shocker to no one. And what happened there was I, one year, um, lost a bunch of weight naturally. I didn't lose weight. I just grew, like I had a growth spurt. And when I look back at that, I'm like, oh, I think children, this is why I think, like, specialists say you shouldn't put children on diets because sometimes they just like gain weight and and they're storing it to grow right and you don't know what like some children you know will eat healthy and still like be considered overweight by like society but you shouldn't fuck with that because you don't know what their growth pattern is and I can clearly see that in my history because even though I was eating you know quote unquote poorly when I became 13, over the course of like a summer, I grew like a bunch of inches and I came back to school five, six, which is the height I'm today. And there was like a few month period where I was like the tallest kid in the class and then everyone else sprung up. But um, because I grew so quickly in a short period of time, I went from being, you know, 
considered very overweight to being a quote unquote normal weight. Again, I hate, sorry, like I'll try to think of better language, but you know what I mean? Like, like I went from being bullied for being the cat fat kid to being like the weight that most other of my classmates were, you know, like a non-distinguishable middle of the road weight. Right. Um, but this is when I was 13 and I think it was what 1990 something, seven, eight, something like that. And as you know, and I mean, even to this day, for teenagers and you know mostly and you know teenage girls middle of middle weight is not considered thin enough you know like I was looking at the Delia's magazine and like I didn't look like that so what happened was I grew a bunch I went back to school people were like you look great um but I didn't think I looked skinny. I wanted to be like skinny, skinny, you know, like the fucking magazines that I was looking at and stuff. Plus, my mom was like, you're not skinny enough. Like you're it's good. You lost weight, but you got to be skinnier. And all of those things like the positive reinforcement from my social group, my mom telling me I wasn't skinny enough, you know, like um, media targeted to teenage children. Um, because of all those things, I started to like starve myself and, you know, I would go like one day or two days and then eventually I decided that I would stop eating for like a week. And I remember on Monday we were, I was, my mom was dropping me off cause I was still like probably 14 and she was like, do you want me to stop and get you like a donut at the place that we go to? And I said, no, I'm going to like try not to eat for a week. And I just sort of like slid that in there. And she said, you're not like strong enough to do that. Like she was like, she was like, yeah, right. Like you think you're like a skinny bitch. You're not like you're too fat. Like you're going to you're going to get hungry. Like she wasn't concerned that I had <laughs> I told her that I was going to starve myself for a week. She was kind of just like, you can't like you're not like you're not good enough to do that or something. And so I was just like, well, whatever. And then I actually did it. And I remember on the Sunday, um, my mom was like, oh, my God, I'm like so proud of you. You did it. And it was fucking demented because just looking back on that, it's just so fucking demented. Like if if you have a kid and your kid's like, I'm going to starve myself for a week you wouldn't be like, you think you can do that and like taunt them and like neg them into doing it. You would be like, holy shit, that's the sign of an eating disorder. Let's go to the fucking doctor. But my mom just like bullied me into doing it and then told me she was proud of me. And then on the Sunday after I didn't eat for a week, she like as a reward took me out shopping, which is this this entire memory is painful, but I'm, I'm going to tell you because I think that I, I've, I'm unfortunately I feel like this is very common she went I was like shopping with my mom and I was in the like fitting room like putting stuff on and I overheard her bragging to the person working there like oh you know my daughter didn't eat for a week fucking demented what the fuck right and I remember coming out and like my pants were too tight (laughs) I bet you it was it's never enough you know and my mom was like, oh, you didn't lose enough weight. And she was like, well, if, maybe if you did it a few more times, um, you would lose enough weight or something like that. Again, this is, I know, I know how it sounds and it's blowing my mind that I thought at the time that that was normal. But so she said that. And uh, again, I'm not going to mention the actual numbers, but I just really, all I'm going to say is that the number of how much I weighed at that point was a concerningly low amount. Do you know what I mean? Like in any other scenario, a parent should have been very distraught over that number, right? I'm not going to, I don't even know if I should have said that, but I'm just trying to tell you like how out of touch I think my mom was. 
And, you know, I understand where she was coming from because, like I said, she also had an eating disorder. And she still does. Um, But that's like a really painful memory. And then something my dad also around that time um, after, you know, like like most I think most people probably go through this. But after like a bout of anorexia, I I also developed bulimia. And so and it, I would like teeter back and forth between the two. And I remember, I think my parents like found out that I was like throwing up. And my dad had this like weird discussion with me where he was like, you're doing a good job or something. Fu- like he said that he, w- he was like, he was like, he was being very vague. But I remember it was like so such a disturbing conversation where he was like, I, you know, like, don't, don't do anything too crazy. Like, don't throw up. But like, he was like, I'm really proud of you for losing so much weight. Like, it was just, it was, un- it was just like, the my memories of like, how my parents reacted to me having eating disorders. It, they're so painful, because it's just so not, not how they should have reacted. It's done so much damage to me. And I think it's one of the main reasons I'm so angry with them as an adult. Like, it's something that I just can't, like, come to peace with in my mind. And, you know, I mean, rightfully so. I I, like, I want to stand up and advocate for the child that was me. Like, they were the fucking reason I gained all the weight. Then they blamed me. And then they fucking encouraged eating disorders i don't know what's going on um but then something also that happened between me and my parents when i was a teenager directly related to being a child was that you know like how i talked about how i internalized everything that my parents were doing wrong as me fucking up so you know my voice in my head was saying well then if you lose weight your parents are going to come home and be nice to you and guess what they didn't because that was never the actual issue. Like they weren't negligent parents because I was a fat kid. They were just negligent parents. So, you know, I went through this like very hard time being a teenager with all this like eating disorders, lost the fucking weight and they still like weren't coming home and they were still shitty and like and not being supportive in this way that I needed. And So it was almost like what I felt like happened in my mind was that I thought I had made a deal with them. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was going to do what they wanted me to do. And they're going to give me what I wanted was, which was like the love and security of having parents. But that was a, a deal that I invented in my head because it was never it was never my fault and me being fat that they were negligent parents to begin with. So I had this like deep sense of betrayal as a teenager. I was like, Oh, I thought I did all this shit for you and you're still like not here. And I feel like that's profoundly affected me as an adult. Like I'm, I'm like every, everything that I do now, I'm like, suspicious of authority i don't trust i don't trust any like people that like come off as like they're like bosses or like fucking cops like that's that's good though i'm glad i learned to hate cops but like anybody that has this like pretense of having power over me i'm like i'm fuck i don't trust you like you there's something fuck like fucked up going on honestly great lesson to learn never trust people who fucking uh, you know have this idea of like authority over you they're usually shitty and they're not going to give you what you want anyway so that like deeply affected me and that um that was like my journey with the deep emotional um connections of how I viewed my body image um and the reason why I wanted to talk about that before I get into the actual eating disorder and how it like sort of um manifested in me and how I like sort of healed away from that is because the story that I just told you was the actual healing process me discovering that 
what what I, what like all my emotions about my body were was the healing process. All of that that I just told you took me years of therapy to realize. Years. And and I didn't even know that's the reason why like I had this like negative deep like ingrained negative emotion surrounding weight. I just thought, "Oh, I don't like looking fat." No, I like associated it with uh, this idea that it made me unlovable and it's it was the cause of me being abandoned by my parents, which was never true. There was there's nothing wrong with you know, a child being overweight. There's if you're a good I don't know, normal parent that's loving, no fucking parent would abandon their child for being overweight. You know what I mean? And the fact that my parents said these things to sort of um, cause me to come up with that conclusion was never my fault. It was all their fault. And it, and it just sat in my body where, when it never belonged to me, you know? And when I realized that it never belonged to me and there was nothing that I did wrong and that it was the fault of my parents, it, it like caused my brain to heal that part of me deep down inside where I hated myself and hated myself for being fucking fat. And those deep like realizations are what ultimately like led to me stop having an eating disorder. If that, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, all the, if you're listening to this and you know, you have eating disorders or body dysmorphia or body, any sort of body related trauma. I think when you're trying to think of healing away from that, for me, when, when I was in the thick of it, it was a constant obsession, right? Like the thought in the back of my head that I'm fat and I'm ugly. And I thought healing away from that was going to be, well, one day I'll be skinny enough and I won't care about my body anymore. So I would do these harmful things to try to lose weight. But that's not actually how you heal from that. How you heal from that is realizing where where it comes from, you know, where those negative feelings about your body comes from. And and so the healing did not look at all like I thought it was going to look, if that makes sense. You know, I thought I was going to be like, I'm going to learn how to enjoy eating a keto diet and that's <laughs> I'm that's what's going to cure my eating disorder but it wasn't that at all it was just me having to deal with this like trauma I, I endured as a scared abandoned child neglected child you know um so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna touch a little bit on the ways that my eating disorder and body dysmorphia and the negativity came out um First of all, I'm going to say this happened, you know, from basically I'm going to take you from like teenager to where I'm at now and like that journey. Um, And then what that what every day looked like living with those like living with like, you know, like eating disorders and stuff. Um, So basically, uh, if you are, are struggling with this or you will know this, but basically in the height of having an eating disorder and like this like very negative view of my body, it was a constant thought. Like I said, like as soon as I woke up in the morning, it was my brain was flooded with this like really negative feeling thoughts about how I was fat and ugly. And I like the first thoughts I had every morning was what am I going to do today to diet and exercise and lose weight? I was of, of fucking zest with this. Like it was every thought in my head and then I would go through constantly in the back of my head. If I ever saw like a reflection in the mirror, I would like look at it. Am I skinny enough? Am I fat? Am I, you know, and like just like constantly stare at it. And um, throughout, you know, my life before I feel like I received treatment for this, I fluctuated in weight. I, I was like every weight that I possibly could be, right? Like, and what I mean by that is like this, whatever society deems is skinny to whatever they deem is overweight. So it actually never had anything to do with what weight I was because I always felt like shit and I was always obsessed, anxious 
and feel, felt very negative about my weight. When I was, you know, overweight, I was t- t- so devastated, devastatedly depressed about that. But then when I was thin, I was obsessed and anxious about gaining weight again and like keeping on top of my diet and everything that I was doing to maintain that thin weight was so stressful and hard and took so much energy that it was like every waking moment had to be like dedicated to maintaining that thin weight and so then I would dip back and forth between these two extremes and nowhere on that like spectrum of weight was there happiness or peace because because I, I, because that wasn't the answer, right? Like lo- being skinny was not the answer that I thought it was. You know, just like when I was a teenager, I was like, if I'm skinny, my parents are going <laughs> to come home. And they didn't. And like, it just, it never, I never fully learned that lesson well into like, you know, adulthood. Um, and the reason why I really want to say that is because like I said, I think I, I know so many people that deal with this. I personally think it's most people in the world, but like, you know, who knows what the statistics are. And I think that a lot of them are still in this place that I was where they're just like, no, like I, I just have to lose weight and then I'm going to be happy. And I'm like, I, I think it's, I think it's a mental health thing, but, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I can't fucking say that to people. I'm saying it now on the podcast to a general to gen pop, but I'm not going to say it to people's faces. Um, anyway, so. Oh, oh, and then um, sorry. Now, see, I'm getting foggy. I'm going to I got to wrap it up. I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing my focus. Um, oh, one other. I'm going to try to remember all the things I wanted to say and then I'm going to go. OK, so so that the healing away from the constantly thinking about negative th- thoughts my, about my body happened you know with therapy reach uh thinking back into all the childhood trauma and that feeling of betrayal for my parents blah 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 and the healing was so slow and general and um uh like it was so foggy you know it was like the healing of the emotional healing just did not seem at all connected to my eating disorder that working on my emotional uh, traumas I was like why am I doing this but then years later after doing it I came out you know to where I am now and I like look I, I like forgot that I used to be so fucked up <laughs> like sorry I don't mean it like that but like the fact that every day I would wake up and think that I was fat for 30 years of my the first 30 years of my life that is so intense for me to realize now that I don't think that way anymore. Like I was tortured. I was so unhappy. And I thought, I thought it was just like, I was just miserable. Like I just thought that it was torture. Just like hearing somebody, the inside voice in your head, constantly being like, you're fat. Don't eat that. You ate too much. You can't eat today because of blah, blah, blah. You got to drink water, blah, blah, blah. Don't drink uh, Coke, drink Diet Coke, like just every single second of your life, it is a nightmare life. And and while I was in, in it, because that's the only way that I knew how to live, I didn't realize that that wasn't how everyone lives and that I didn't have to live like that. And there was actual healing. Like, that's the intense thing. I, I never thought that I could be at this place that I'm at today. I thought that that was just how I was going to think for the rest of my life. And and it's really and that's why it's like important to share like how what it was like living in the brain of somebody that had like an acting active eating disorder. And um one one more thing I want to touch on um I'm going to try to end it before I literally sputter into an incoherent ball of uh emotions and go cry in the shower. Um Body dysmorphia is a huge um, factor, obviously. And if you're not um, sure of what that is, it's where you think you look way worse or like way fatter or shorter or whatever than you actually do in reality. And of course, that's subjective because everyone perceives people differently and 
you know, like how we see each other is different, you know, like somebody that you love looks way more attractive to you than someone that you hate who all of a sudden looks ugly and blah, blah, blah. But like body dysmorphia specifically means like, you know, if you're th- whatever your issue is, it gets um, amplified in the image of yourself in the mirror or in pictures. Right. So, for example, my thing was fear of being overweight. So every time I would look at myself in the mirror, it would I would just look larger than I actually physically was. And I knew the definition of body dysmorphia even when I had it. And I, I mean, I, you know, obviously I still have it to some degree. But what I didn't realize was when it was like really severe, somebody would be like, oh, you know, like you have body dysmorphia. It's like you don't really look like you think you look. I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, no, I look like this. It's just that you are like nice about it. I I didn't understand that it, if I physically was seeing something different. And what I do now, I think the reason I, I realized that I physically was seeing something different is now I'll look at pictures of myself from back in that time. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I look amazing. And I remember when I took this picture, I thought I looked like horrible, you know, and and looking at those pictures, it's like bizarre because I'm just like, I can't believe I thought this picture of me looked bad. It looks I look exactly the same as I do now. And, you know, like, what the hell was I seeing? I mean, I know I know what I was seeing. I remember. Um, and that was like very astonishing. Uh, which is it's 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 all very fascinating. Like, you know, like my brain physically changed. Right. Mm, anyway, so uh, what was I going to say? I, I'm going to leave you with I think that was pretty much everything that I recorded earlier. I think I left. I ended the episode with saying um god do i have more stories no it's fine uh i ended the episode by saying the most interesting thing now um you know like i said uh i'm in such a great place i never think about my weight ever like sometimes i'll like eat like a big meal and be like oh i'm gonna be fat and then it's immediately like like another thought comes into my head like shut the fuck up like immediately it's like stop that stop being weird you need to leave it's like you need to leave like as soon as the like uh body dysmorphia i hate myself your fat thoughts start coming there's like there's a grandma being like you need to leave you know <laughs> like and they immediately go away and i like just i just like never i never imagined that i would live this fucking peacefully with myself and um the interesting thing is i um, you know, I know that for most people or some people, they can diet and exercise in a healthy way. And it's like an act of self-love and being healthy. But for me, it's very hard to I stop myself from doing any diet or exercise because I, I'm always going to turn it into like a self-harm thing. You know, I'm going to it's going to fall into something that turns out very hurtful for me. It's like I'm like an addict or like a former alcoholic that, you know, people can have a glass of wine. But if I do, I'll end up in a fucking ditch somewhere. Like, that's how I am with diet and exercise. Like, I'll take one yoga class and like next month I'm like, I'm I'm training for a marathon. And like, what? The? No, I'm not. You know, <laughs> like I'm never eating carbs again. Like, I can't I can't like um, do it in a healthy way. But uh, that having been said, I am doing I mean, there is a name for the quote unquote diet that I'm doing, which is just like technically it's called like intuitive eating. And I don't mean for anybody to go buy a book on intuitive eating because all it means is like you just listen to your body and what it wants to eat and you just do that. And, um, you know, I mean, first of all, you have to do a lot of like therapy and heal from the emotions because before this stage of my life I was just purely emotionally eating it was like if I felt scared or whatever I would eat and then feel guilty and it was like this vicious cycle and then when I was severely dieting you know I would restrict for so long and then I would have a day where I went nuts and in those periods because I was like restricting my body and not listening to like 
what it needed. I would like be in a deficit and then overcompensate with things that like I don't even like to eat like pizza like I'm not a big fan of pizza you know I'm I'm more of a pasta person but like I would eat like a, a bunch of pizza just because like I felt so like I was starving blah 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 um but now it's just like I think coming out of the emotional eating I can trust my body and the sad thing is like I could I could have always trusted my body right and even when I was a little kid, like if my parents had been there, I think I would have been able to like develop a healthier relationship with it, you know, and like listen to what I wanted to eat and understand that, yeah, if I ate an entire case of fucking Rice Krispies treats, my stomach was going to hurt. But because I was alone, I was like this, the comfort that I'm feeling from eating this is more valuable than the stomach ache I'm going to have after like I was like willing to hurt my body for comfort right and I've had to like that all that's been resolved and weirdly enough it's like what this means for me is that I like never think about food and it's just like I'm free from this fucking prison and it's just like oh I'm hungry like where what should we eat this sure I eat it and I'm done and I like I just never thought that that would be possible for me and it's like all I had to do was just like listen to my body and it would just have like it would have just helped me you know and it makes me really sad coming out of it because for years I fucking tortured it to death and it was just like my body was just there the whole time, like just fucking trying to like survive, you know? And it's so sad. Like it, like it always had my fucking back. <laughs> so stupid. Sorry, I feel like that sounded a little too like inspirational quote hallmark. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Like it just, like I could, like I could have just like, I was, it feels like I was fighting this like war um, against somebody, that, something that never existed, you know? I just wasted my life, so much of my life, fighting something that's not real and uh, like really hurting myself. And it's like sad. Like I never deserved that as a child. I never deserved that as like somebody. Like I should have never turned something that somebody did wrong to me and taken taken it out on myself. I never deserved that. You know, my body never deserved that. And um that's sad. <sighs> well, I almost made it without like crying. And I feel like I I'm sorry if I was just like talking really fast I didn't want to record it again and I didn't want to like get lost in the foggy brain space um but that was basically all I wanted to say about that and if you are struggling with um these issues I'm it's hard you know like even me where I'm at today there are times when I have like relapses but it's you know it's where I'm at is like so so far um than where I ever thought I would be and it's like I just hope that um you know listening to my personal story about it was giving you hope if you're going through it right now um you know obviously I don't know everyone that listens to this but chances are you know it's not your fault and there's an Sorry, I should have said this in the up top. There's nothing wrong with being fat. And there's nothing wrong with me when I was fat as a kid. You know, I was cute. There was nothing <laughs> there was nothing wrong with it. And there would be nothing wrong if I was fat now. Um There's there was nothing wrong with it. And I just like I'm so I mean, it's it's a great realization, but uh I just wish uh you know, my parents like felt the same way, but whatever. 
So hopefully that was um, hope like helpful to hear. And um, that was it. That was the episode. If you have a topic that you would like me to discuss on the podcast, I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Harry Butthole. And that um, if you make a comment on there first, I'll get through those topics first. But if you are unable or don't want to donate, because that's obviously Patreon is like a money thing. You can just go to the Instagram at Harry Butthole Podcast and leave a comment and I will look through the comments and try to answer. I did see somebody commenting, asking me about, um, God damn it, I was going to do this up top, but hopefully this person's still listening. Somebody, <laughs> somebody left a comment and said um, they were like neurodivergent and they struggled with making new friends and they were asking me like how I gauge um, how vulnerable or authentic I am when I meet people. And I, all I was going to say is I actually, this is actually kind of related to what I was talking about today. I think I've just like matured to the level where immediately I'm just like, if somebody's like not vibing with me, I'm just like immediately no. Like I just like, I like don't have the energy and um, like the person, you know, said they were neurodivergent. So I don't, I have ADHD, but I, you know, obviously there's like different types. And so I don't really, I mean, obviously like I struggle with feeling like I'm acting weird and I really get nervous about the ADHD showing through, but um. <sighs> It's, I, you know, I think it's, it's something that I just like, I'm, I'm too tired to care about it at this point. I'm just like, are you nice? Do you seem to get along? I, I'm sorry, this is horrible advice. I, it's just like, you know, like when you like meet someone and the vibes are off, I'm just like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I literally just walk away. Like, I'm just like, why am I putting effort into this? I don't know if that's good advice. I'm not advising you to just walk away from people, but that's. I just like stopped trying to make things feel good. Like if if you're talking to someone and it feels bad, I just fucking stop talking to them. And that's unfortunately the only advice I can give you because that's literally what I do. Hopefully that's like what you're um, looking for. Like if it doesn't feel good, don't talk to them. I'm it's that's that's all that's all I got. Anyway, um, you can follow me on social media at YM Mayor or TikTok at Young Me Mayor. Thank you for listening. Bye.